Welcome to another episode of the SCM Podcast. Jack Bryce and Zach Hewlett are here again, and tonight we're joined by Brent Littlefield. How you doing, Brent? Doing good. Man, it's good to see you. Been, yes, it is. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Almost you, served, years. you served with Zach, and you served around me a lot, so yeah, I'm excited, man. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> where, are you, where are you calling from? So I'm calling from Woods Cross, Utah. Let's cross. Right. You guys so, have been there forever. Yeah. I uh, grew up in West Bountiful, now in West Cross, which is about five miles away from where I grew up. So really adventured far. I love it. Perfect. Well, you, you adventured to Scotland, so. Yeah, true that. <laughs> it's very true. All right. Well, Brent, we start with, you know, leading up to the call, if there's any story behind getting your call and finding out you're going to Scotland. And then we skip over the mission, and we want to know what you've been up to since. Uh, and then we'll go back and reminisce. So start us out with how you found out you're going to Scotland. All right. So growing up, I grew up LDS. So growing up in Utah, especially Bountiful, I don't know if you can get any more LDS culture than that. Very so true. going on a mission was something that I always wanted to do. And ultimately, you know, did all the steps when I turned 18, got my papers, pretty much filled them out as soon as I could. At that time, it was quite the spiritual time for me because that's when I got my patriarchal blessing, went through the temple. You know, six months before my mission was a very spiritual, growing experience. And then when I got my mission call, I didn't do any party or any reveal. Ultimately, I was working. My mom called me and said the mission call came in the mail. My boss let me go home, and ultimately I opened it as soon as I got home. There was no – if my mom <laughs> was home, luckily, you know, if she wasn't home, I still would have opened it. <laughs> nice. And then literally two seconds after I opened it that I was going to Scotland, my good friend, his dad, called me to see where I was going if I got my call. So he knew before anybody else other than my mom. And <laughs> – he actually served his mission in Scotland too, so that was kind of a fun oh, that's pretty neat. kind of a cool little experience. He called me, and um, yeah, so we talked quite a bit about Scotland before I left. But that's pretty. And then cool. after that, I just started making phone calls and whatnot. So yeah, what was when did you get your call? Remember month year? Well, it was it would have been in two thousand four, spring of two thousand four. Because uh, I entered the MTC in June. Okay. And it seemed like I had my call three, four months before I left. Yeah, right. Timeline time sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I went June of 04 to June of 06. All awesome. right. Love so it. What, you, what have you been up to since June 06? So I got home from my mission. I wanted to become an architect. Um, that didn't work out. So I ended up going into construction. I uh, got a degree in construction management at Weber State, and then going to school, going into construction, it was in 2008, 2009, and I couldn't find a job in construction, but yet I was going into it. <laughs> yeah, tough time. So going to school, going into that degree, I did not uh, work construction. I actually worked on Temple Square cleaning fountains, so that was a pretty unique job there on Temple Square. Cool. Yeah. Um, shortly after I graduated, I got a 
job in an earthwork utility contractor. Um, worked there for 10 years. And then about a year and a half, I switched to another earthwork utility contractor here in the Salt Lake Valley. So pretty much I built subdivisions um, and road reconstruction projects for cities. Very cool. Are you doing like the heavy machinery moving? Is that what your your area is or just dirt moving? What's your focus? Just, just dirt moving and wet utilities, which is sewer, water, storm drain. Um, Man, good for you. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm a project manager, so pretty much I deal with budgets and money and problems. <laughs> <laughs> problems. That's yeah. awesome. Every day is a new problem. So what project are you working on right now? Is it is it mostly like outside of the valley since there's nowhere to build anymore? Um, right now I'm building a, a roadway in Layton, building a new road associated with that new freeway in Layton. Oh, cool. Not the freeway itself, but a side road associated with it. A job here in Woods Cross started a big job in Magna. Okay. So, That's awesome. Good for you. Keeping me busy. Um, That's great. I got married in 2009. Um, met in a funny story about my wife and I. So she grew up in West Bountiful as well. We went to the same high school. I was a year older than her in high school. Like she graduated in 04. Um, same stake, same mutual friends but did not know her until after our, our mission. She wow. served a mission. I served a mission. Um, didn't know her at all until after that. Then we met at church. In a where, did, where did she serve? She served in Florida in the Tallahassee mission, kind of the panhandle of Florida. Nice. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Love to hear that. Yeah. Kind of a unique, funny story about that. <laughs> yeah. So close yet never meeting. That's yeah. Great. Like we talked about things like we went to the same youth stake activities. We went to a lot of the same things, you know, but just never just on opposite sides of the building, like running yeah. back and forth. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's cool. Love That's it. Great. So, so now I have three kids. My oldest is 10. His name is Carter. And then I have a eight year old Olivia and uh Six-year-old, he's six. Uh, Gabe, Gabriel. That's cool. Well, they're a lot they, of fun. They keep you busy too. Yep, they keep me busy as well. <laughs> I love it. That's great. All right. Well, oh. from there, I guess we go back to Scotland. You can start at the MTC, or we'll just go through companions, areas, however you want to run with it. Sounds good. So just can't skip Zach. That's the only rule. Right. Well, he was a quarter of my mission, so it's <laughs> hard to skip that. Oh, man. Be nice. So entered into the MTC. Um, June 9th is when I left home. Flew straight to uh, Preston, England. Uh, funny story about the airport. So I met up with Elder Christensen. Paul, I think his first name is. Met yep. up in the airport there in Salt Lake City. Pretty much said goodbye to my family, and then I just started talking with him. According to my mom, I went through security, went up a staircase, never once looked back to wave goodbye. <laughs> just with him and we just went, and off I went. <laughs> Good for you. Your mom was probably yeah. heartbroken, and you said, I'm on a mission. Let's go. Yep. Yep. No looking back after that. <laughs> That's great. Um, 
So got into the NPC, funny story there at the very beginning. So we got there in the morning and we didn't get our companions until the afternoon. So we had lunch and I remember being super exhausted because of the flight. Lunch room was full and I just remember putting my head down on my arm. Next thing I know, a sister missionary, older lady, started kind of waking me up and I looked back and the cafeteria was empty. It was <laughs> completely <laughs> empty. <laughs> it was before we were signed companions, so I had no companion. And I remember that there were two cooks and they started talking and of course the English English accent. I couldn't understand a thing. Totally lost, totally confused. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where everyone went and just left me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nobody looking out for you. Yeah, yeah no looking out for me at that point. That's rough. We'll, uh, we'll call Paul Christensen out for not, uh, you know, yeah. sticking with the guy who flew across the world with him. Yep. Um, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, so I was signed to be companions in the NTC with Doug Pullen. That's right. So. Uh, I enjoyed serving with him in the MTC. He was, you know, just serving with someone who was British, you know, different culture, different, different stuff like that. So that was fun. Um, nothing, nothing too stands out in the MTC. Um, elders, I remember Elder Zinkowski hitting his head, um, getting stitches. <laughs> that was a pretty funny story. I'm sure you've probably heard that from a couple others. So already. If you've listened to Elder McClure's uh, episode, he gives like the full recollection as to why it happened. So <laughs> definitely catch that one. Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what a what else in the MTC? Nothing. Nothing else comes to mind. So then we went to the mission home. Um, Elder Campbell, Jacob Campbell, was my trainer. Oh, nice. Um, he was a good dude. He was a hard worker. Um, I served with him in Glasgow in Livingston, not Livingston, um, Knightswood. Okay. Was, was my greeny area with other Campbell. He was a hard worker, great guy. Um, he was put in a pretty tough position when, when I first got out there is we were changing flats. And so the first week we were kind of cleaning out the apartment, the flat, and they had one picked out before I got there. But first week was a lot of unproselyting work, which I know it was hard on him. It was hard on me just trying to get things settled in that first man. That would be hard. Yeah. I closed out like three apartments on my mission, which was never a fun process. Agreed. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Well said, Jack. <laughs> um, but the new apartment was really nice. I remember that. Um, when I was with Elder Campbell, um, went to the Edinburgh Tattoo. My first six weeks when I was there, that was a pretty neat experience. You know, just so surreal with with the castle in the background and the bagpipes and it's like, man, this is real. You know, like I'm really here. Oh yeah. That's um, cool. And then I also remember probably the, went to the Sterling castle on the William Wallace monument with him as well. And that was also a really cool, you know, like surreal moment, like being in a castle. 
Like the last six weeks, I went to the Edinburgh Castle. I'm like, eh, that was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but the Stormy Castle, with it being a new experience, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so after Elder Campbell, I was with Tovey. Um, Alex Tovey, I think his first name was. Um, I think you're right. He, he was a good guy. Um, he didn't focus the most on mission work. <laughs> but, and I was so naive at that time, you know, like he studied in bed, you know, like at that point I was still waking up at 6.30 every morning and trying my best. And and I was naive and, and looking back, there's no way he was studying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know that I, I, I struggled with that a lot too during my, my uh, two years out there. Um, Elder Tovey, so I didn't serve with him a full transfer. Um, we, there was a missionary that he knew that was struggling. That was a new, new missionary that was in Paisley. So about four weeks into the transfer, we had an emergency transfer. So I moved to Paisley and that missionary went up with Elder Tovey. Um, the things I remember with Elder Tovey, uh, his, he was British, his dad and his dad's friend went on a, uh, tour of Scotland, and so his dad. I met his dad. We went out <laughs> to lunch one day. <laughs> nice, just so conveniently that he was touring Scotland, and his son was up there. <laughs> that sounds like Donny Osmond all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a lot less excitement about about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hmm. Um, so after Elder Tovey, I uh, served in. Paisley with Elder Livingston, Robert Livingston. I was only with him for like two weeks, two, three weeks. Um, in that time, he was a great guy. Uh, I remember he really got into reading Jesus the Christ. I think it was one of the missionary books we were asked to have with us. I remember he got really engrossed in that book. And we played a lot of chess. Um, really? I, I played a lot of chess on my mission, and, and he was probably one that I played the most with. Well, one experience, it was Elder, this was later in the mission. We were doing transfers or something. There was a bunch of missionaries, and it was Elder Brown. And he was the most cockiest son of a gun you could. That's <laughs> 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 what I say, just because you might watch it. But um, you say whatever you want. We want Elder Brown to come on and refute you if he feels he wasn't cocky at all. So he challenged me to a chess game, and... It was probably one of the best chess games I ever played. Like I remember, I checkmated in like four moves before it was an actual checkmate. Like it was beautiful. Oh, man. <laughs> it was it was by far one of the best games of checkmate or check chess that I played. That's awesome. Oh man! So I contributed that to the time with other Livingston, and my skills of chess. That's pretty cool. I love it. Hey Zach, Zach Brown, come on and tell us about losing in chess to Elder Littlefield. Yeah, he probably doesn't remember it. Remember <laughs> that. But that was all the highlight of my mission was winning chess against him. <laughs> I mean, you say he might not remember it, but there's a very high likelihood he took that to heart and he's been he's been practicing ever <laughs> since and he's waiting for the rematch. Yeah, well he'll beat me now, so <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um so I remember in Paisley with other Livingston, I remember another surreal moment. Like 
I remember walking home in the evenings and I could hear bagpipes in the background playing like multiple times. So this is so cool. Like walking in the streets of Scotland and hearing bagpipes playing, like, you know, echoing through the, through the town. Yeah, that is cool. So after, after Paisley, I ended up going to the Orkney Isles with other Kate Schmidt. Um, that's probably where my mission really turned around to really loving my mission. Not saying that I didn't love it before, but but my heart really grew in, in Orkney. Um, when I got transferred up to Orkney, when we were traveling up there, I remember Elder Schmidt saying, hey, when we get up there, we got kind of a scripture study planned with the branch, you know, so you can meet everyone. And I was excited, got up there, and there was like two people that showed up to this this scripture study thing. <laughs> so I remember being like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, man. I remember kind of unpacking that night after we got home and kind of getting settled in. I'm like, why am I in Scotland? Like, this is kind of some rough experiences. And, and then that, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I'm thinking, what the heck? But, but Orkney, I ended up serving with Elder Schmidt for four and a half months up there. Uh, we had two baptisms. Um, baptized a lady named Maggie um, and then a lady named Margaret Miller. I think Maggie, her last name was Ward. Maggie Ward, I believe. Um, was Maggie a, a media referral? Yes, she was. Okay. So right. she she lived in a farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere. And she was a collector of stuff. Um, and cats. And cats and animals and dogs and horses. And, and they all lived in the house with her. Um, a place that you don't take food with. Well, <laughs> 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 that was packaged and you could open the package. Um, That's true. <laughs> Do you remember her goat that would always greet you at the front door? I don't remember the goat. Oh, no. oh my gosh. The first time I went to her house, it was, I mean, it's winter time and it is darker than sin outside. And we opened the door and the goat was in the entryway, like between the second door and the first door. And it scared the life out of me. Cause it like, <laughs> it like screamed at me. It's, I think I startled it as well. Oh my gosh. Anyway, sorry to digress, but yes, Maggie's house yeah. was always fun. Yeah. So I was involved with her baptism. Miller Schmidt baptized her. That's cool. Um, and then uh, Margaret Miller, I think, I think we, some missionaries have met her in the past and we knocked on her door. She let us in. She actually came to Maggie's baptism and some experiences there. That's kind of what got her converted to, to be baptized as well. So that was a pretty neat experience. Um, cool. Unfortunately with her, she was Irish and shortly after she was baptized, she moved back to Ireland. Okay. So, so she had moved to Ireland before I had left that area. So you probably never met her. No, I, I was going to say that would be a name that I would remember if if she was there at the same time as Maggie, but I, I didn't remember. So thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. So I was I was bummed when she moved back to Ireland, and where we looked up the church when where she was moving to, and closest chapel was like three or four hour drive. So man, super bummed about that. That's tough. But Orkney was an amazing place. I would love to go back there one day. Um, 
crazy tradition up there is the ball. If you ever, if anyone wants to look up a crazy tradition, look up the ball in Orkney. It's it's a game, a town town game that's just outrageous. Um, did you hear about that when you were up there? Oh, uh, I've heard the stories. I think uh, Elder Hill told us his experience of it. But yeah. I, I, I saw I, pictures of you. I missed it because they closed Orkney like two weeks before Christmas. Okay. And I just missed it. And I was like, well, dang, that's yeah. kind of, that kind of sucks. <laughs> so a little background with this game. Essentially the town is divided in half the Uppies and the Doonies. And essentially the Doonies try to get the ball, this ball this varies in sizes, but the ball into the ocean, into the bay. And then the Uppies try to get the ball to touch a certain wall. And it was actually part of our apartment, our flat on the opposite side of town. So like they would, board up the whole town like all the shops on main street was boarded up you know our door was boarded so we'd have to go in and out of the you know duck under the board to get in and out of our our apartment oh my gosh it was just kind of a free-for-all like it was just a scrummage and it was just it was cold so there's a plume of steam coming up off of it and i remember seeing people like pull someone out of the scrum and just start punching them and then they'd go on their way and you know like the police were just there watching. There's paramedics there on the side watching. And every once in a while you see someone just like pass out on the side. And it was just insane. I remember I jumped into it a little bit. Once you got in, because people were pushing on both sides, you couldn't do anything. I did not like that feeling. Like I remember just standing there and you just kind of have to go with the flow as people got around. Yeah. Oh, I remember man. you told me it was like super hot. Oh, it got way hot. It was just, you know, I remember just like sweating and, it was just, it was insane. So it happened on Christmas morning and New Year's Day. So wow. I do it twice. And when I was there, both times the uppies won, so I didn't see it go into the ocean. Um, I would have, that would have been pretty cool. But one time a car got in the way, they just picked up the car, moved it. Um, it was oh just insane, like <laughs> way insane. Uh, um, there's got, there's got to be a YouTube video of it or something. I need to. Oh yeah. yeah you need to hop on and watch some YouTube videos on the ball because it's it's outrageous, crazy tradition up there. That's amazing. Well, that was that was pretty cool because I got up to Orkney like two weeks before Christmas, um, so I got to experience the dead of winter up there, um, which sucked. <laughs> like the sun would come up way late and go go down at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and. Oh, it was, it was earlier than that. It would come up at like 11 and go down at like 2.30. It was horrible. Yeah. I remember knocking on doors and they're like, isn't it late? And it's like, it's 3 o'clock. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Not late. laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't know what you're talking about. So that was pretty rough, but we had a car. So I remember just trying to find people that would let us into our house, even into their house, regardless if they're interested in, or not. Um so some people that I remember up there was Graham Anderton. Did you ever come across him? Oh, yes. I remember Graham. Yeah, he was an amazing guy. Too bad he couldn't convert him, but he, yeah. he was a guy that would let us into our into his house that would have some good discussions. Yeah. Um, I remember him being very competitive. He took us bowling, you know, the lawn bowling thing. Oh, really? Doing bowls? Yeah. That was my one one experience, but he was in a competition league for indoor bowling. Wow! And so he wouldn't even touch the the grass ball because he didn't want to lose his 
you know, his touch for the indoor bowling. Oh, wow. So he took you and just watched you do it? Yeah, I mean, I was with Elder Malloy, my next companion, and he just watched us, you know, kind of told us what to do, and he just took us and let us play. And so that was the only one, the only time that I went lawn bowling. That's still pretty cool. That's way more than yeah. I did. Um, I remember I th there was an older couple that fed us, the Fets Flets. Yeah, Arnie, Arnie and Mina Flett. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Go over there every week, and man, they knew how to feed us. <laughs> I, that alone helped made me gain a couple pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my we would just go and after you know just undo our pants and just sit and try to recover from that visit. <laughs> oh, it was nonstop. I mean, I was serving with George Willis at the time, and he used to say he was full, but then he would ask them to refill my plate like i didn't have any words in in the discussion and yeah, i wanted to just throw know. george i wanted to throw george out the window i was like i am full please stop making me eat more food <laughs> george willis come on the podcast um on christmas eve we went to i can't remember rock of burr i can't remember it was a little island on the very top the north yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Let me let me see if I can find it. You walked. You could walk across it on low tide. Mm -hmm. um, so we went over there on Christmas Eve, and we almost got stuck over there. Uh, we were over there a little too long. <laughs> we had to walk back in water <laughs> to get back to our car. We thought we'd have to call someone to come rescue us. Bracca Burger, Bra of Bursay, or Bursay, yeah. Bracca Bursay. Yeah. Um. It was really cool. Like you walked over and then you could walk up and then on the other side, it was just sheer cliffs. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, beautiful country. I got some really cool pictures from, from when we went and explored that hillside. Um, another time I remember a storm was coming in. They couldn't, they, we were advised not to go proselyting. And so what did we do? We went to known windy spots of the, of the Island. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. Time. <laughs> go windsurfing a little bit, it, right? It was the one spot, and the wind was just like you know the little foam that comes off the ocean. Like it was like hitting us and pinging us and stinging. Like it was there was some force behind it. And then we went to the causeways. Like, we drove down to the causeways. We didn't drive over the causeways. Um, and there, I have pictures of me like standing sideways. <laughs> like it was pretty intense. Oh yeah, um, I agree. A lot of cool history up there. We, in the time that I was up there for the six months I was up there, I pretty much saw every every historical monument. Um, there was I can't remember what things are called, but there was like a Earth Village that they discovered a few years back in Scarborough. Yeah, Scarborough. When I explored that, there was. Out in the middle of the field, there was a mound that was kind of a gravestone that you could walk in. Did you ever go to that one? No, because I was only there four weeks, and Willis wouldn't take me anywhere. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost every day, we'd go walk the ocean somewhere. Since you're surrounded by it, we'd go walk the beach someday, you know, every day almost. That's awesome. Loved it. Um, we, I met, so we would go to a Bible study every Friday night. That was kind of mixed faith Bible study. There was a couple there named Bob and Patricia. 
uh, that I became pretty good friends with. They were an older couple. He was an architect, and he was there on a spaghetti. Um, I can't remember when you're on a temporary leave for teaching, doing some research up there. A sabbatical. Yeah, I can never say that word. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, got to know them real, really well. I actually still keep in contact with them. Um, cool. Christmas cards and Facebook every once in a while. That's awesome. Cool couple. Um, yeah, I just loved Orkney. Loved everything about it. If I could go back to Scotland and only could go to one place, it would be there. So I served with Elders. Did you work on the pig farm? I did work on the pig farm uh, with Joseph Grote. He was the only man that I could never understand. He talked another language. <laughs> I 100% agree. He he did. He spoke a different language altogether. One time we were sitting in his little kitchen and another farmer guy came over and they started talking. And Elder Schmidt and I looked at each other like, what the heck are they saying? <laughs> it was a completely different language, I swear. <clears throat> well, didn't uh, Brother Scrow have like no teeth in his mouth? It was just like, it, it wasn't a lot of, of able to di dictate with his tongue because I don't remember him having no teeth. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a I have a tape recording of him and I've shared it with my wife and family and <laughs> like, <laughs> like even amazing. Like I can I can't understand a word. Like I can pick out a one or two little things here and there and it's just crazy. But that was fun doing service on the pig farm. Yeah, it was. Um yeah. And then then I served with other Malloy out there for six weeks. Um great dude i remember you know he was a farmer from nevada i wrestled him once and that was it like he got his arms around me and i was like i'm done <laughs> you know his, his strength and his arms was just like mm, yeah not gonna not gonna poke that bear again <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny um yeah serving up there for six you know four and a half months with him and then six weeks that six weeks is kind of a blur with other malloy I remember him being a great dude. I did watch his podcast. I was enter entertaining watching him. I enjoyed watching his podcast. I love it. Um, so after after Orkney, then lo and behold, I came down to Dunfermline and served with other Hewlett. <laughs> hey, I know that guy. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we served together four and a half months in Dunfermline, so you were my so I had two companions for four and a half months. Uh great times. Um um where to start? A little bit more because you're right here. No. Um I remember the Hargreaves. Um oh yeah. They were they were the probably the coolest family that I ever met. Um yeah. John, I think his name was. Yep, that's right. And then I, I feel like we were, you and I were a big impact on them becoming more involved with the church. It seemed like yeah. when I first got into the, in there, they were kind of coming. But then by the time we, I left, you know, they were fully active. John baptized his daughter, Megan. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I mean, their family was just unbelievable. And yeah. it was great to see them slowly kind of get that, that fire back in their lives and it was really good yeah so i have a picture of when they got baptized 
you and I are standing on the side. I don't know if you have this picture either. I, I do. We're, we're both pretty tall, and the Scottish people are pretty short. So there's a picture of Elder Hewlett and I standing on the side, and we're a head taller than the whole family. True. Like, they're all like shoulder and lower than both of us, and we're just like sentinels on the side. <laughs> yeah, we had we had that uh, that little physical feature going for us. Every time we knocked on doors, people would, would look at us and go, "Yeah, how can we help you?" <laughs> it was a little daunting. Jack and I had the same thing when we were we were together. So. Um, I remember so going back to Orkney when when it was own conference it was like a three or four day event you know by the time you leave travel ferry train the whole nine yards like it was a three day event when I was up there they didn't they didn't have missionaries in Thurso which is the area the mainland's right below so we went a whole calendar month without seeing another missionary essentially from zone conference to zone conference no one came visited us we never left the island. And so I was used to like going conference, like a break, three-day holiday, essentially travel, have fun. So when I get to Dunfermline, it's just like a 20-minute drive to zone conference. Um, and I remember going to zone conference. I can't remember which one. It was middle of summer. And we go to zone conference, and we get back to our parents like, what are we going to do? I remember knocking on doors and I remember looking over to you. You're just sweating. And you just had this look like socks. <laughs> I'm like, Elder, what are we freaking doing? Like, let's just go home. Like, it was so miserable. Neither of us would be there. I don't know if you remember that, but there was just no desire to even do any type of missionary work after some conference. Um, well, you know, you sit around all day and then you eat a pretty good meal. And then we went out. It was the dead of summer at that point in time. I mean, it was hot outside. Yeah, yeah. I was I was miserable. I was I was a sweaty guy. And at that point in time, if you remember, I didn't cut my hair for four transfers, which I don't know how I got away with that. But I my hair was long, and that made it so that I got hot pretty quickly too. I mean, it didn't help me at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I just remember that. <laughs> Just you looking, just like no expression on your face, just totally like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Some of my favorite memories were uh, the coal race. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was talking about that with my wife earlier today that I wanted to bring that up. Oh man. That was such an adventurous day. Like, I don't know. So that was I involved did. with the Hargreaves. The Hargreaves invited us to participate in that. And yeah. the coal race, like you had like a, a 50 pound bag of coal that you had to carry on your back for. It was more. It was like, was it more? I bear say it was like 10 stone or something like that. So it was like 140 yeah. pounds of bag of coal on her back. Yeah. And we had a run or hike, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. The rolling main street of, of Kelty. Yeah. Oh man. That, that thing kicked our, kicked our butts <laughs> for sure. And then I remember there was a, a pitchfork with a bag of hay or something like that that we'd throw over a pole. Yeah, we did. We did the sheath pitch. That's what it was called. Remember? It was called. I remember. I won that. Yeah, Brent was rocking that thing. I mean, he's just chucking it, and I was like, I, I want to know if you'd done that before at that mm-hmm. point in time because I've never done that before. Your technique was so perfect. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I got. I remember I got like a little trophy and like a fifteen pounds or something like that for winning that <laughs> yeah. competition. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, I remember that being a lot of fun that day. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, Do you have any memories of the Happy Days Club with Brian? Yes, yes. Happy. He was really into SpongeBob, if I remember correctly. <laughs> didn't, didn't we go over to his house and watch the SpongeBob movie with did. him? I'm pretty sure we went and watched SpongeBob <laughs> with him at his little flat. Oh my gosh! Oh, I remember they had karaoke. I am not a singer at all, <laughs> not at all, and they convinced me to do karaoke. Yes, <laughs> and I slaughtered it. Like they never asked me to do that again after that. Like it was brutal. It was really brutal. Hey, I got to give you props though that you tried because, oh my gosh. But having, I having grown up with karaoke, it was like a piece of cake for me to go up and do that. But for someone who's not familiar with it, it's. Yeah, I don't sing. Story. I barely even sing in sacrament meeting when no one can hear me. Like, I'm not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, I remember, I think we sung in the ward choir there. And I think they told me not to really sing. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> I remember he was he was an older gentleman. We'd go over there every Sunday for dinner. And he had a son that lived there as well. Uh, um, Paul Rand. Paul Rand. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember sitting next to him, and like he just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony said that to you. The the older gentleman, not the son. No. Yeah. yeah, Tony's the dad, and then Paul's his son. Yeah. Oh man, that's pretty funny. Like I remember talking with him, like I practiced, and he's like, "Yeah, this still didn't go very well." <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and we hung out with uh, the other Dunfermline elders quite a lot. So many, so many fun things. Yeah, so we lived above uh, the cemetery, not the cemetery, the the mortuary. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing kickball in the apartment and then coming and yelling at us. <laughs> kickball in the in the apartment. <laughs> like they had a viewing going on and they had a house <laughs> to be quiet. <laughs> We're upstairs playing soccer in the spare room while oh my goodness. Got stuff going on downstairs. <laughs> How are we supposed to know? Like I know. We're we're in for lunch for ten minutes. We just we just wanna get uh, some energy out. Wasn't that other coking tin? And yep, Bradlow, Bradley. Yeah, we had Bradlow for um, a couple transfers, and then Elder Barber came in the last six weeks I was there. Okay, yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. Chimichangas uh, on moves nights and uh, and face masks. <laughs> um, he was saving. He was shaving my head once. He was, I was getting a haircut, and his clippers broke down. And it was middle of summer, and a half-shaven head. I remember putting on a beanie in the middle of summer to go get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Who cut your hair? Elder P- Pilkington. Isn't that how you pronounce it? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah Pilkington, from, yeah. Razors. He was just shaving my head, and his razors broke on me. Oh, why did we just go buy more? That's the, That doesn't seem like logical that you needed to wear a, a, a any type of winter hat in the summer yeah i remember having to go somewhere and get it fixed oh my um, gosh do you remember playing basketball with tim and dom and uh, all those kids yeah that was a lot of fun playing basketball i'm not the biggest basketball player but i recall you were quite you, good you tried and and we had fun it was a little bit of physical activity and that it, it got tim and dom coming to church too yeah were you you were there when when there was a trampoline and we were dunking the 
Duncan the uh, Yes. <laughs> so I hung on the hoop and I shattered the whole backboard. You did? Yeah, don't you remember that? I can't and remember that. Haven't we like got out of there really quick? Were we was or it was in the uh, or was that with Elder Rayfield? Because I served there after it, you left. It might have been because I don't remember that. Don't and remember I can that. tell you I would have remembered that. Might have been with Elder Rayfield. Okay. That, that we were dunking the ball and I shattered the whole the whole backboard. Was this at the uh was well, that someplace like a indoor gym place? Like a rec week? a rec center of yeah. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I don't remember that. And I would have remembered that. That's that's something I wouldn't yeah. have forgotten. I probably would have taken a piece of glass with me or something. Yeah, I remember we got out of there real quick after that, and I don't think I ever went back. <laughs> so that must have been with other Rayfield. Oh, man. Um yeah, a lot of good memories from from Dunfermline. Um because I remember the bishop being really involved, really cool. Um he had a son that was in a wheelchair. Um mm -hmm. the, Bishop Lynch. Um I remember I guess I can bring in some spiritualness into this this conversation. I do remember uh, and this is gonna be anyway, um there was a fast and testimony meeting and a lot of people got up and was talking about a lot of stories back in the back in the day, back in the day. And he got up and I remember him saying we need to have spiritual experiences, you know, constantly and and stuff like that. And here we are talking about missions 20 years ago. But anyway, just the importance of having <laughs> continuing spiritual moments and experiences to keep our testimony strong. Um, Agreed. I remember I remember uh, being in that war scene, um, a hymn. I know my Redeemer lives. I remember that being really touching me at one point in sacrament meeting. Uh, that's become one of my most favorite hymns because of an experience in that ward. That's cool. Um, and then there was, there was um, a lady with two daughters that converted shortly before I got there, like a year or two before I got there. Uh, Karen Vickers. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of jumping. Uh, Elder Rayfield served in that area before. And that came back to to serve with me in that area. Yeah, um, I want to say her name was Amy, mm -hmm. but I um, she fancied Ella Rayfield, right? Yeah, she fancied him a lot, and he encouraged that, especially after he left the area. Like, hey, I can encourage this a little bit more. Right, letters when he came back, and oh my goodness, that just caused problems. It's <laughs> a lot of problems. Did you tell President Brains that at, no. at like interviews or anything? Because no. I remember when I first got there, because I replaced Elder Rayfield with Elder Conway, and Amy used to talk about Elder Rayfield all the time. And I was like, "Well, it's a good thing he's gone." But I, I don't, I don't think I ever realized that 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 he came in and replaced me. Yeah, he came in and replaced me back. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. And then there was another lady with a couple daughters. Um, I want to say Anne Marie. Hart, uh, Hart. Not, no, no. Anne Marie was uh, the Hargreaves daughter. Hargreaves. You're talking uh, Sister Gibson. Yeah, Rachel, maybe. Uh -huh. Rachel and Louise. And Louise, yes. There's one other daughter. I can't remember the other one's name. 
So, uh, Louise came to Utah shortly after I got home from my mission. I remember taking her out on a date, but that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have to divulge anything beyond that. That's perfectly fine. You're, one and you're, only. <laughs> my favorite memory of the Gibsons is. So I remember getting approached by Elder Pilkington one time after church, and he said, Sister Gibson would like to invite you over for dinner with us. But he gave us a caveat that she was scared she wouldn't have enough food to feed us, meaning you and I. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went, I'm sorry, what? And she had this impression where it came from be beyond just our sheer size was that we were going to eat her out of house and home. <laughs> and so we went there. We had to be very like meticulous on not saying that we wanted more because, because we had been told don't ask for more. Uh, it was one of the more awkward, <laughs> awkward dinner appointments that I ever remember. Yeah. I don't remember that, but I could see that. <laughs> I definitely ate a lot on my mission and I was in a car. The first Two months I wasn't in a car, and then the last six weeks. Other than that, I was in a car with my whole mission, and it showed. Definitely showed by the time I was done. With it. <laughs> like I look at picture near the end, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." So it's okay. That means you were well taken care of while you were on your mission. I was well taken care of. Um, yeah, I had a great time in Dunfermline. Great ward, great members. Um, another interesting experience. So uh, President Hinckley gave the challenge to read the Book of Mormon by the end of the year when we were in that area. Yeah. I do remember being, like, I remember uh, Paul, I want to say him. Read, Rand, like, Rand. I remember having conversations with him where he took it serious and really read the scriptures and studied the scriptures and, and having conversations about how his testimony grew and and became stronger. And then I remember seeing a couple other families where they didn't take it serious and, you know, kind of fell away in that time period. Hmm. So I do remember that. That's kind of the uh, spiritual memory that I recall from, from a mission is the importance of essentially reading the scriptures on a daily basis and, and really how, how that can impact your life in the gospel. Yeah. That was a pretty cool challenge. Cause we got, I think we got like an extra half an hour of study to read. Yeah, I think you're right. So that happened like right before I went home. So made it extra. It was like a good, good ramp off the mission for me. Yeah, absolutely cool. Um, before I left, so I hit my year mark in Dunfermline. When I left on my mission, my brother challenged me like midway through read the Book of Mormon in a month, and then at the end of the mission, read the Book of Mormon within a month. I needless to say, in that year mark i did not achieve that goal <laughs> hmm. i remember trying but at that time it just didn't work out for me but that's a tough thing you're saying read it from cover to cover in a month's time in a month wow um i did achieve that on my last month of my mission but we'll talk about that when i get there that's awesome cool um so then i served with other other rayfield which have you been able to contact him at all no, we know uh, that there's people that are friends with his wife on Facebook, but we haven't been able to get in touch with him just yet. So we're working on it. Yeah, I would love to hear some of his stories. 
I, I enjoyed serving with other Rayfield. Uh, we had a lot of fun, probably too much fun. Uh, probably stories not to share in, in this setting. <laughs> no, this is the perfect setting to share those stories, Brent. Yeah, the statute of limitations has expired. Yeah, it's that's over. <laughs> no, nobody's gonna come and get you for something you did wrong twenty years ago. Right. Well, I was I was a big Harry Fo Harry Potter fan. I still am a big Harry Potter fan. A book came out when I was in that area. I read it. A movie came out in that area. I watched it. I five to you. You're um, not the you're not the only one. I'm yeah, sure. I'm not. I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> but I remember one that like I was probably half like I would try to read a chapter or two every night. Next thing I know, like I stayed up all night reading it one night. You know, like next thing I know, it was like five o'clock <laughs> in the morning and I'm still reading it. <laughs> Which book was it? It was the sixth where Dumbledore passes away. Okay. Nice. Oh, spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, alert. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, so I read that book, Half Blood Prince. My daughter, my daughter, and my wife and I are in the middle of that one right now. So hopefully your your daughter doesn't watch that clip. No, um, we're almost to the end. She'll she'll be fine. So, so later in my mission, I served with a newer missionary, and I never told him I read Harry Potter, and I was able to convince him to tell me the the end of the story. To, to spoil alert the book and then after i convinced them to tell me then i told them i had read the book <laughs> that was with other chambers um oh my I god him, i bought him like just tell me what happened just tell me come on just tell me and he finally <laughs> told me i'm like dude i already know <laughs> chambers that's amazing um so yeah so i left i left on Fernland like a week before christmas and that was a pretty brutal move like i've been there for seven i served in that area for seven and a half months four and a half with you three months with rayfield wow and it was like a week before christmas we had christmas plans figured out what we we're gonna do we we're gonna go to dom and tim mm -hmm. I, I can't remember her mom's name hudson. julie julie hudson um we were gonna go there for christmas she always hooked me up with peanut butter i had a lot of peanut butter sandwiches in that area because she would hook me up with peanut butter from costco yeah, the good stuff. The good stuff, peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> None of that British peanut butter crap. But um, it's true. It's true. And then I went up to Thurso to kind of no man's land with the wow. area, with the knowledge that we were going to shut down that area. Um, in the, in a short period of time, like that one transfer. Yeah. So we, man, my my next transfer after Dunfermline, I went up to. Thurso with Elder Borders, Lyle Borders. Yeah. Uh, we, I went up there. We were there for three weeks, closed down the apartment, moved to Aberdeen, lived with the Aberdeen elders as we were finding an apartment in Peterhead and trying to work in Peterhead, live in Aberdeen, commute. You know, it was like a two-hour drive. Oh, man. Like that, that six weeks was brutal. And the hardest, the hardest thing about being in Thurso was – there's no missionaries in Orkney at that time. They closed that area down for a little bit. And I was so close. You know, I, I, where we lived, we could see the ferry every day coming and going. It's like, I'm just going to justify the expense and the cost and the time to go over there. But, man, I so wanted to go back to Orkney when I was up there. 
You should have just said, Lyle, get in the car. I'm going to take you on an adventure and just oh, go. Yeah. Well, we did go. On, so since we were closing down, like we didn't cross the line. Like I drove across the whole top of Scotland all the way to the northeast, well, like the north. The to north tongue? Of, we went past that. We went all the way to oh. the corner of Scotland. Wow. That was our area. So we, you know, we technically could stay, you know. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But we, we traveled the whole top of Scotland. Uh, I got a bumper sticker that says I do. Uh, I love tongue <laughs> through that town. Everybody wanted that bumper sticker. That's the only, only reason they went to tongue. <laughs> oh man. It's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, after, after Dunfermline went up there, that was pretty hard. Three weeks as we were closing down, didn't really do missionary work per se. Um, Closing down the apartment, cleaning, and then going to. So we lived with Elder McConkie and Elder Hess. Um, yeah. When we were in, in Aberdeen, I remember doing working with Elder Hess a lot. I uh, enjoyed working with him. Um, but trying to find an apartment in in Peterhead, that was a challenge because there was budgets we had to find and. I felt like we ended up finding a pretty good place when we were there. But um, one thing about Elder Borders is he could cook. Um, That's right. He, it didn't matter what he touched. Like, it just turned amazing. Um, so he did all the cooking when we were together. Um, his driving, on the other hand. Uh, <laughs> he's from North Dakota. Roads are straight. No turns. That is not <laughs> their song. Break, break. It was a little nauseating, but anyway. Hey, that makes me feel good because that means I was a good driver, right? Yes, you were a good driver. So <laughs> I never got my driver's license. So after my year mark, I can never drive. Um, I think other you let me drive on my like last day that I could drive. <laughs> you know, right. we were together and I could drive. Other Hewlett did dominate the, the vehicle and driving. He let he let me drive once or twice. <laughs> i'm sorry i was a little insecure I, I wanted to make sure that we all got there safe because i knew i'd get there safe so i'll bring everybody else um, <laughs> sorry <Greg. laughs> um another round story i remember you driving and hitting a bird i don't know if you remember that <laughs> where were we i don't remember that we, we were driving and there was a maybe i was driving i can't remember but there's a block of birds there. Like, let's hit one, and we actually did hit one. <laughs> <laughs> did we just leave it there? I don't even remember. What yeah, we, we did. just kept on driving. But I do recall having quite the belly laugh. And you're <laughs> like, "Oh, I don't recall you ever. I didn't know you could laugh like that." I think I think I remember now. Oh gosh, that's I funny. Only, that's I only funny. really belly laugh when someone gets hurt or some, you know. Something <laughs> like that. I I remember oh, that now. You were you were laughing so hard, and I was like, "Oh my gosh." I, I struck something in you that you were laughing so hard. I I remember that now. That's yeah. amazing. It's hard to get a good belly laugh out of me, but <laughs> no, that did it. Killing a bird on in the car. <laughs> oh man, so good. Um. So yeah, going back to to uh, other borders. Great cook, great guy. Um. Um. So then after we found the apartment, uh, Peterhead was a great ward. Um, after that, I served with Elder 
other James McCabe, McCade, McCabe. Yeah, McCabe. Uh, I was his trainer. Um, That's right. I've, I watched his as well. Um, he definitely remembered people like way beyond me. <laughs> great memory. Um, I remember him really being into basketball. I remember one conversation, like he was, I remember he was kind of struggling, like confidence and in, in teaching. And I remember we were driving. I'm like, dude, just imagine you're teaching someone basketball, you know, you know, basketball in and out. You could help them teach them, you know, if, even if they've never seen a basketball, you could, you know, you just love it so much that essentially you need to convert that to the gospel. You need to know the gospel like you do basketball. That if even if they've never heard Jesus Christ before, you know the gospel so well that that you can teach them what they need to know. And I remember that kind of being a spiritual moment between us having that conversation. That's great um, advice. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, in in Peterhead, I remember one of one of my most favorite pictures. I took. We went and visited a castle. And on our way out, there was a stream and there's a little shed on, on the background. I'm like, hold on, stop. Let me take a picture. Took a picture and kept driving. Most beautiful picture, like a scenery picture where you got the sun shining on this, on the, on the, the shed door, the boathouse type thing. And anyway, beautiful picture. Maybe I'll email it to you and you can do it as my, as my introduction picture, but beautiful picture. I love it. Like it's on my back. It's on my computer. Uh, back screen cool. on my computer at work. Um, beautiful picture that I took up there. Um, I don't remember the people too well. I don't, you know, moving and then training. I was only there for six weeks in a transfer, you know, transferring a little bit. Yep. Um, really, the last six months of my mission, I moved a lot. You know, the first year and a half, very consistent, last six months, all over the place. But uh, so I started with, and I probably wasn't when I did train, like when I first became a trainer, I probably wasn't in the best spiritual state, you know, moving, transferring, you know, and then I get this scrutiny. I probably didn't give him justice on um, what really missionary work was like a good introduction. Um, so sorry if you watch this. <laughs> I can tell you though, Brent, that James turned out just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up. I think you did more good than you you may have ever uh, thought you did. Like I remember, like the apartment we had, there was a big bookshelf, and I remember reading a book, and you know, just had the bookshelf, and I remember like, oh, he's coming in, I'd hurry and hide it because I didn't want to think that I was like not reading scripture. <laughs> and so I can't even remember the book, but it was you know not missionary approved um and so whenever he wasn't in the room i'd pull it out and oh, <laughs> oh man that's amazing <laughs> so probably not the most in tune with spirit at the time but we did there was a lady who and i and he mentioned this as well that she was more active more of a member of the church than half the members there but had never been baptized and Heather remember, curry Yes, yes, that's her. And Jack uh, and I know because we went to church with her every week for three months and didn't invite her to be baptized, did we, Jack? <laughs> like, I remember, like, <laughs> like this great opportunity. Like, I remember having, like, hey, let's 
your new missionary, let's teach her, let's give him experience. Um, she was baptized after I left, but I do remember leaving when I was leaving. Like she sent me a text message saying, like, I feel the spirit when you talk. Like, like thank you for sharing your testimony and being part of part of it. So That's I remember awesome. that being a pretty cool text message. Um, kind of on my way out of leaving that area. Man, that's cool. Good for you. So I would like to say that I was involved with that baptism, even though I wasn't there when she was baptized. You set the groundwork. You had to have. Um, uh, There were some other great families. Um, There was, they lived right by the church or the school. Um, the Pedans? Yes. It's a great family. Their kids are young. I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Oh, it's not oh, James Pedans. The Frasers. No. The Frasers, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, I remember they fed us dinner once, and he fed me some Indian food that was like spicy as all get out. He's like, what's wrong with it? This is good. I'm just like dying. I'm like, oh, my God, this is delicious. And then my mouth was dying. I'm trying to sweat and bowl. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh man! Oh, they had like six kids, six, seven kids. Um, great family. Yeah, the, the whole primary. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's right. Um, the the where we lived, the apartment. You know, we lived in the attic or the upstairs of the apartment. The lady, the it was an older lady, and she was really short. And I remember James thinking, oh, "It's so funny. I got to get a picture of you guys." Like she's like. Like to my waist. <laughs> um, great area. Um, so after that, I went to Livingston with other chambers. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Michael. Yeah, Michael Chambers. I was his second companion. We had a lot of fun. There was another companionship, Elder Zinkowski, and another new missionary. He was really tall. Elder Zacharias. We had a lot of fun with with them. Um, so Livingston was pretty close to the mission home. Majority of my mission, I felt like, was kind of in the outskirts, you know, not seeing very many missionaries. I remember being in Livingston. We had to go, it was General Conference. We had to go into town to Edinburgh to watch General Conference. And that Saturday happened to be like Scottish Pride Day. I can't remember, but essentially Castle's historical monuments were free. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we got to go into Edinburgh early. Like we got to go into Edinburgh anyway for General Conference because the time changed, you know, was in the evening. Let's make a day out of it. Let's go to the Edinburgh Castle. Let's have fun. Let's, so... Saturday, walking into into the Edinburgh Castle, and lo and behold, the APs and the and the office elders are walking out. I'm just like, ah, dang it! <laughs> and they're like, "What are you guys doing here? Here to see the castle? What else would I be doing here?" Anyway, they didn't appreciate us leaving our area to go to the Edinburgh Castle. <laughs> um. Who was it that told that story, Jack? I'm trying to remember. Who was? Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, did you hear that story as well from someone? Yeah. Else? yeah. I'm trying to remember who told the story. The other Clausen, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was Chambers that told the story. I'm trying to remember. Oh, has other Chambers been on here? Uh, he has. Okay, I'll have to watch that. But yeah, yeah I don't it must have been him. 
I don't yeah, he said it was their P day and not yours. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being so annoyed. Like, like, who are you to tell me that I can't do this? Um, I remember the mission president talking to us. I felt like other Marines didn't really care. It was mostly the APs that really did care. And essentially, President Vreen said, hey, your next P-Day, work half the P-Day. Like, I felt like President Vreen was pretty chill about it. I was annoyed about it. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. That would I would have had the same thought process. It's like, cool, let's go do this on the day that this is free. Like, why wouldn't everybody be have that opportunity on a day like that? But, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Choose <laughs> their own. Yeah. Um. So there were two companionships. We were told that we'd be losing a companionship. So once again, I had to close down that apartment as well there in Livingston. Um, I remember we had crap everywhere, you know, dirty clothes everywhere. And someone came and looked at our apartment with not being notified or they notified us and we didn't see it, the notification. So <laughs> there was a kind of a nasty, nasty gram on, on a note that we needed to, needed to clean our apartment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and before, before I got there, they had all these root beer cans. I'm, I'm sure did other chambers mention this? No. Uh, his companion was other Fisher, his trainer. Fisher, oh. Fisher, one of those. Yep, it was uh, Fisher. And the apartment <laughs> had, like, in the window, all these root beer, empty root beer cans that pretty much filled up the whole window stacked up. Um, the association or whoever told us we had to take that down <laughs> when we were there. Because you can see it from, like, the main road, you know, all this root beer <laughs> and display in the window. There was a lot of cans. I remember cleaning that up. Matt Fisher forgot to mention that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, the people there, I lived there for only six weeks. Unfortunately, I don't really remember anybody in that area. Um. So then after that was, that was my second to last area. So after that, I went back to Knightswood, my greeny area is my area that I died off in. Wow. That's interesting. That was a very interesting experience. One that I really enjoyed. I'm glad that I was able to do that and see kind of the growth that I experienced in that two years. Um, oh, going back, way back at the beginning of my mission, um, Christmas in Glasgow. Um, we were, this was when I was in with other Livingston and Paisley. Essentially, we had a zone thing at the shopping mall at, in Glasgow city center. We were singing, you know, what missionaries do, proselyting. And uh, I was passing out cards. <clears throat> a lady came up to me and said, Hey, I saw you in the paper today. And I was like, me? Or a missionary in the paper. She's like, no, I saw you in the paper. I'm like, oh. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. Yeah. She was pretty positive. Lo and behold, we went and got the Paisley paper. And Elder Livingston and I were on the front page of the paper. Um, so that was, like, we didn't know. We didn't. Um, Somebody the, paparazzi'd you or something? The the counselor to the present Marines, um President Yates. Oh, yeah. I want to say was in that ward, and he did that. Like, there was, like, stuff about my family, like how my brother served his mission in England, 
my other brother in, in Baltimore, but kind of like a family history of why I was there and what I'm doing and, you know, a big picture of other Livingston and myself. But anyway, very shocking. In the mid, like hundreds of people shopping in Glasgow, you know, like this shopping center was like a multi-story building. Yeah. And we're just standing by an escalator, handing out cars, cards, and, and that happened. Anyway, um, you had to have been flattered though that she recognized. Oh yeah, you. I totally you, was. You were like, I don't know what you're talking about, and then you saw it later. Like, wow, that's yeah. pretty cool for her to read that and see it, and then bump into me. Like, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Uh, so going back to to. Knightswood to close out my mission was a pretty unique experience. So I remember going like to people like people that, you know, hey, how you doing? Like, what have you been doing uh, the last two years? Oh, same thing. You know, nothing too much. I'm like, really? I've done this. You know, how can you only just have done the same thing in the last two years? And so that was kind of eye-opening. Like, and, and I try in my because of that, with that experience, I try not to just get into like same old, same old. You know, like when people ask how I'm doing, I don't. I try not to say same old, same old <laughs> because it was just eye opening. Like their life has not changed one bit, but yet, you know, roller coaster and experience all of Scotland living on the aisles and, you know, living everywhere in, yeah. in Scotland. Um, I remember there was a lady, her name was Mag Margaret. Most people that I was associated with in Scotland, their name was Margaret. Or Maggie, or some form of Margaret. Because <laughs> um, uh, I was involved with the baptism in Livingston. Um, she, she, Elder McClure. I remember he was quite involved with teaching her before we were there. She, he came back and baptized her. But her name was Margaret. Then there's Margaret Miller, Maggie, Maggie Ward up in Orkney. Margaret Miller, which is a. Um, then there was another Margaret that I was involved with so essentially everyone that i baptized except for megan was <laughs> but m yeah megan <laughs> margaret kind of the same thing <laughs> oh wow um but the an older lady i'm pretty sure her name was margaret um went into her house like i like when i started teaching her the first go around she started coming back to church anyway going to her house and there was a picture of me on the wall i was like wow like I made that big of an impact on you that you put my picture on your wall. Like that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, this is a photo movie. of you from earlier in your mission? Yeah, from when I served there the first go around. You know, cool. she's taking a picture of me and hung it on her wall. And there wasn't like missionaries, it was me. <laughs> nice. Oh, so, I remember that being a pretty cool experience. Uh, but just ultimately experiencing so much and then coming back and just seeing how much I've grown in that two years. And because I think sometimes you don't see how much you've grown or changed uh, when you're in the middle of it. But going back to that area kind of opened my eyes. Like, yeah, I really have grown. I really have changed. Um, hmm. Grown for the better. Uh, there was a family, uh, a mom and two sons, Mary Kelly, Doug and Darren. Uh, I met them in my first go around, became really good friends with them. Uh, Doug is a year younger than me. Never never converted them, but I stayed in contact with them throughout my whole mission, called them quite often throughout my mission. Um, I was still in contact with them. Um, great family. 
um, they're they're probably one of the the people that I remember or recall the most when when I think back to my mission, that relationship with that family. Um, loved going over there, loved hanging out with them. They weren't really per se interested in learning the gospel. Like we would teach them little lessons here and there, but just became really good friends with with them. Um, they took the second go around, like they took my companion and I to to see uh lock lock lomond that was out there like they did a lot of stuff for us that's awesome out there quite a bit um really love that family um so my last area i served with other smith um clint smith clint nice uh really enjoyed serving with him um i'd say that i really so Going back to my comment earlier, you know, the challenge to read the Book of Mormon within a month. So I did that within the last month of my mission. Um, reading the scriptures, reading the Book of Mormon. And I do recall that being a very, like, that was probably one of my most spiritual months of my mission was my last month. Because um, I was just so focused on reading the Book of Mormon, having that spirit with me. That, like, I was out tracking my last day, like... Um, I was very dedicated to the last minute and I contribute that to the lot, to that dedication to read that book Mormon within the last month. That's cool. So I felt like I finished off really strong, um, on a real spiritual high note on that challenge. Um, there's no way that I could do that now. And <laughs> <laughs> you got a few other things you're juggling now. Yeah. I'm lucky to even read once a week. But anyway, um, I bought a kilt when I was in my last area, um, bought the whole get up. I've only worn it like twice since I've been home. I, my weight's fluctuated a lot, but it might fit me now. Um, Give it a whirl. Send yeah, us a photo. I thought about putting it on for this, but. <laughs> it would be awfully uncomfortable to sit in for an hour and a half. Yeah, especially when. Like I might not even be wearing pants. You you know you never know. <laughs> there you go. Neither am I. Because <laughs> I'm, um, I'm wearing shorts. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, really loved serving back in. So really struggled with walking because I hadn't walked until the first part of my mission. So a lot of walking in that last area, which really sucked. Um, when I did get home from my mission, I ran a couple of marathons, so I did get quite skinny after my mission. Wow, good for you! I remember, I remember running into Bryce or Jack, excuse me, Jack at a five k in Centerville shortly after after my mission. Like one of two five k's I ran. I've never done the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's pretty cool. Prep for a marathon, so I've ran two marathons, but not now. Um, good for you. Anyway, uh, great experience serving my mission. I very much look at it as a highlight of my life. I know that there was hard times. Um, I, I, I'm going to bring this up. So we, we served together for four and a half months. That second transfer, we were determined. We knew, like, they were closing out two missionaries. We knew that we would be switching out. And I remember when we found out they would stay together for another six weeks. I think both of us were like, oh. 
<laughs> let me let me just say this. I didn't want to leave Dunfermline. And I knew that if I didn't leave, the likelihood is I'd still stay with you. And yes, there was probably a little bit of shock in that, but we we had a good thing going. You we, know, we definitely like, did. We just we we had a powerhouse thing going with the ward. Like we had great rapport with people. People knew who we were. Um, you know, and we just went about our business and there was no reason to shake it up if it didn't have to be, but you know, like I look back on it. You were my longest companion in my mission. You know, everybody else was six weeks or three months at most, but I look back at everything that we did together and the teaching opportunities. And you taught me a lot. Like I was, I was a cocky kid at that point in my mission. And some of the things that, I'll never forget. There was an instance where we were teaching a less active gal. I think she was less active. Maybe she was an investigator. I don't remember, but uh, we showed up and she revealed to us that she was also studying with the Jehovah's witnesses. And we were like, Oh, okay. And then like maybe five, 10 minutes later, the Jehovah's walked in the door and proceed, proceeded to give us a lesson. And I was like, we're supposed to be doing this like that was kind of my mindset and i'll never forget after that meeting ended we went out and we sat in the car and we didn't turn the car on for a minute and i said to you i said so what did we learn from that and you said something so profound in that moment that i'll never forget it you simply just said you know what I I gained a greater testimony of Joseph Smith in that meeting. And I went, wait, what? Because I didn't hear anybody say anything about Joseph Smith. And you said, yeah, my testimony was strengthened because I knew that what I was doing and why I was here was, was right. And I was like, man, I got to learn something from this guy right now. Because clearly I, I was not focused on that at all. I was thinking, thinking something completely in the opposite end of the spectrum at that point in time. But you just have the largest heart. You are always looking for opportunities to serve people. Um, I know that the days where we went to the Hargreaves home and you, I mean, Anne-Marie told me this later, that she loved playing keepy-ups with you more than anybody in our time in Dunfermline. And I just love talking to Liz and to John and we, John and Megan and, and Kelly and like their family was just so much fun. But, and Marie wanted to play keepy ups. <laughs> and you went out and played <laughs> while we sat on the porch, just John away. And uh, I don't know. I just, I loved every minute with you. And I look back on it with fondness because there were very rarely, if ever, a qualm between us. Yeah. We were just, we went about our work and did what we need to do. And we had a lot of fun. We did have fun, a lot of fun. I do, when I look back, I, I've very much, appreciate all that you did and, and teach me and and uh and really have a lot of high things to think about when i think of done from when serving with you there um all in all looking back on my mission yeah there was hard times but all in all a great experience don't think i'd want to do it again but <laughs> if i did i would definitely be a lot more stubborn on the things that i would do and not do <laughs>
Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be in the same boat, but. Yeah, agree. Love, love the gospel. Still, still love the gospel. I'm a primary teacher. Love teaching the eight-year-olds. You know, they love it. I love teaching it. That's cool. So, anyway, yeah, Great. thanks for thanks for letting me uh, participate. I know what I look back on my messages today. You bugged me July of 2022 as when you first reached out to do this. Why would I not reach out to my companions first? Come on, Brent. Of course I'm reaching out to you. So, at first I was like, hell no. <laughs> I got to swear at least once in this conversation. <laughs> It's not, it's not a British swear word. Yeah. Well, I never swore until I went on my mission. And then I kind of learned a little bit when I was there. You learned hell and damn like everybody else did? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much all I stick to. Even in construction, if I say more than that, it gets people pretty shocked. But I'm anyway. Sure. I'm sure. Um, what was I even talking about? Well, I want to pose a question to you, Brent. And I probably cut Jack off in in the uh, in the offing doing this but i wanted to ask you if you had any fond memories of president sister Vrains. um i remember it was birthday and then we were singing and i was one that used to sing really loud and obnoxious during happy birthday <laughs> yeah and, and it was one of those times I was singing at the top of my lungs, being me, just singing really loud. And she looked at me and told me not to sing. <laughs> like, Sister oh, Rains did? Yeah, Sister Rains did. Oh, my gosh. She told me to stop singing. <laughs> um, and then President Vereen's, like, I would say I wasn't, like, I never clicked with President Vereen's, like, you know, I was just another missionary. Like, I don't really have any too fond of memories of President Vereen's. I do remember when I went home, like, I was pretty excited to go home. Like, my parents offered to come out and kind of pick me up, and I said, no, I'm just, I'm ready to go home. And I remember, sorry, I'm probably going to get a little teary now, but I remember at the airport kind of saying my final goodbyes to everyone, and I just lost it. Like, I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my life. And, and, you know, President Vreens was there, you know, it was a big hug. And I cried on his shoulder for probably 10 minutes. Just bawling my eyes out because, you know, I, it, it was over, you know, I was going home and this experience, this, this culture, this country, this, you know, the people, you know, life is never going to be the same again. And, and that, that was hard to go home at the end of the day. Like I was excited, but when I was at the airport and, you know, crap at the fan and I didn't want to go, <laughs> but he was there with a big, with his big hug and he was there to, to get me through that. Yeah. You were one of the, the choice ones that got the opportunity to have him as your final interview. And, uh, because yeah. he probably he probably I think he went home probably a couple weeks after that, right? My group was the last group he said goodbye to because he he left like three weeks after I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, I wish I would have asked for a preemptive final interview, but I didn't think about it. I was like, I guess I gotta wait for the next guy. Yeah. yeah. So but I do remember President Vreens, I felt like he was more 
spirit of the spirit of the law, not letter of the law. Like I felt like he was pretty understanding, pretty reasonable on some requests that I asked and or things that I experienced that he was there for me and and pretty understanding and and not too hard because my personality, you know, I'm if someone tells me to do something too strictly, I like to rebel, and so. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's why you and I got along really well, Brent, is because we're kind of cut from the same cloth. It's like, yeah, but what if I did it this way instead of exactly what the way you want me to do it, right? Because I was never in a room and said, everyone be quiet. I got a call in tonight. Like, I never did that. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Thanks for thanks for keep bugging me on to do this. I have enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed watching the other podcasts as as I've been. I've only mostly pretty much watched the people that I've been associated with on the mission. But bringing bringing up memories, I've thought more about my mission in the last year than I have probably in the last ten. So thank you. Yeah, I love it. I think, That's amazing. I think we all have. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of memories. A lot of good memories. Well, I can tell you from your companion list. Clint Smith is a future guest. I have talked to Lyle Borders. Cage Schmidt is one of Jack's companions that we're working on with with um, Ace. So Cage Schmidt was probably my favorite. I shouldn't say this, but he probably was my most favorite companion. So oh, you the knife. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, someone that I could be on an island, a deserted island, as far as missionaries go, like. I don't know if I could have done it with any of my other companions, but if you could get him on, I would, I would love to hear his experiences. So I love it. I love it. We'll work on it for your sake and for Jack's. Yeah. Yep. I, I served with him four and a half months as well. So, Oh, did you? Oh, wow. That's cool. Two of us. <laughs> half We're half his mission. Yeah. No kidding. That's awesome. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, Brent. Thank you so much for making time to come on. And again, I'm, I appreciate that you finally took me up on my offer. That was a year in the offering, but you know, <laughs> it's all good. Yep. It's and, good. Things happen. Uh, come to those who wait. Right. Yep. And, and I, on a side note, I do want to give my condolences to you and your mother. Um, Thank you, brother. So, appreciate that. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. My dad is on, on, uh, hospice as well and pass away any day as well so sorry for you i feel like i'm I'm sorry for you too brother well that and this is an opportunity more than anything to let you know how much we, we love you like we we are from a unique group of people that served in that unique land together and there's nothing better than knowing that you have brothers and sisters in Scotland that are always here for you. So just just keep that in mind. You're never alone. We love you. And we're grateful that you've, you're one of our brothers in Scotland. Yep. I love you guys as well. Thank you for, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Well, we'll say cheerio to you and we'll talk more soon. All right. All right. Love we'll you, see. Brent. Cheerio, brother. Love you, Brent. Cheerio. See you. Bye.